No one old enough to understand at the time will ever forget the address 25 Cromwell Street, Gloucester, now synonymous with the House of Horrors and surpassing in notoriety even 10 Rillington Place, home of serial murderer John Reginald Christie. Nor will they forget the macabre discoveries made at the family home where body parts belonging to the victims of Rose and her husband Fred West were excavated from the cellar and garden. That said, I must have been one of the few people in the country who did not follow the story when the full horrors were first relayed into our living rooms some seventeen years ago. Yet, ironically, I had been working in prisons around this time where, with my colleagues, I was trying to understand what led women and young girls into various types of offending and what might have helped prevent it. Some of the cases I had been dealing with, though rare amongst female offenders, were highly traumatic, for example, child murder and paedophilia. After one particular case, I had begun to sleep with the light on. Alongside this, many of the women and girls I interviewed, serving a range of sentences from murder through to arson and burglary, had revealed stories to me on a daily basis of the abuse they'd experienced as children. As I began to understand the depths of depravity and cruelty that human beings were capable of inflicting on one another, I could not then bring myself to read about, or indeed listen to, what had happened to the victims at Cromwell Street. I walked out of a room, whenever news of it came on TV, and turned over the pages of newspapers giving details of these most heinous of crimes. It may seem strange a criminologist avoiding anything to do with what could undoubtedly be billed as the crime of the 20th century in Britain, but I really could not face it. Enough was enough. As it was, Fred hanged himself before the case came to court, and Rose was found guilty of ten of the murders. It wasn't until many years later that, when stopping off in Gloucester, I took a shortcut from the shops to the car park and found myself on a paved walkway where the West House had once stood. This led to my pondering the case again, and to wondering how a woman, and a mother at that, had come to commit such horrific crimes. This case exceeded that of Ian Brady and Myra Hindley, and Beverly Allett in terms of the number of victims involved, and Rose had even killed her own daughter and stepchild. In the light of the recent high-profile child abuse cases involving Vanessa George, a nursery worker from Plymouth, and that of baby Peter and his mother, Tracy Connolly, though unlike Rose West, neither of these women are serial killers, I decided to revisit the case. What was it that made Rose a killer? How did an ordinary little girl grow up to become someone who enjoyed tormenting and torturing other young women before finally killing them? It was a deeply chilling prospect, but I had to know. Armed then with only the basics of the West case, I began my research. This included tracking down relatives, former neighbours, friends, victims, and others who knew Rose during her formative years and later as a teen mum. Some people felt able to speak about what had happened now that the dust had settled, others understandably wanted to forget. New information has come to light as a result, which is presented here and adds a further dimension to the story 
and to the phenomenon that is Rose West.